Welcome to Reframe Your Life. I'm Joanne Gibson. And I'm Sandy Reynolds. Together, we bring you our podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives thoughtfully and with intention. On our episodes, we explore diverse topics relevant to all areas of our lives. Hi, Life Reframers. I'm very excited to introduce our topic today, which is all about women in leadership. What does leadership mean to me? I'm going to start with that because at the end of the day, it's all about me. We'll get to Sandy in a moment. (laughs) So when I speak about leadership, I use the term a lot as leadership as a function. There's positional leadership, so people who are in a position of leadership in their organization or uh, as an entrepreneur. There's also the leadership as a function, that we all have the ability to live and lead our best lives. And that's exactly what our whole podcast is about. Today, we're going to be aligned a little bit more with speaking about women in leadership positions. However, there is also going to be a lot of good information and snippets that people will be able to use, whether they're in a leadership position or not. Because a lot of leadership, it really does replicate what you're doing at the home and at work. I love the word leadership, however, not everyone does. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. I have a question for you. As I said, not a lot of people embrace the word leader to describe themselves. And I'm not even going to ask you if you have. I'm going to ask you when you did embrace the realization that you were a leader, either in an organization or in your own life. uh, Tell me about that. What was your aha moment? Good question, Joanne. I think the first time I really thought of myself as a leader was probably in my early 20s. And I like the definition, well, one of the definitions that I like is the definition of leader, leadership is influence. And I realized that I had this ability to influence people not manipulate them, just influence them by the choices that I made. And I, and I recognized that. I realized that. And I also think I realized that I was a teacher by nature, that I was always kind of sharing information with people and that they were acting on that information. And so I realized that I was more of a leader than a follower in, in my natural abilities or talents or the way I lived yeah I love that I think was similar in school organizing leading but didn't really realize that I was a leader until you know much later on in my career and really understand the definition between leading people and managing stuff I really feel very strongly that leadership is about making decisions and being the creator of your own life Mm -hmm. from a personal perspective. And then leadership as a function, you know, there are a lot of different things that we know that help individuals be better leaders. And that's what we want to share today um, that help you be a better leader because leadership is about influence, especially in organizations. You need to be able to motivate, engage, and empower people uh, to do the work, you know, be creative, be mm-hmm. innovative, be engaged and contribute to the organization. So if you're a woman who wants to elevate yourself in the workforce and take leadership opportunities to elevate yourself, and this doesn't have to be in the workforce. You know, there's a lot of leadership opportunities out in community and volunteering as well. 
So we hope what we share today will be helpful. Before we start, though, it's I, I remember when I was first starting to embrace the word leader for me, and I had these negative thoughts. Who am I? to sit around this table, I'm too young, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I haven't got enough experience, I'm not leading a massive organisation. And also at times I have been questioned by individuals that I've been working with. So I think it's up to us to lead the change that we want to see in terms of owning our power as as female leaders and really progressing ourselves and other women. Yeah, I agree. I've also experienced that self-doubt around leadership especially when I'm in a very male-dominated whether it's a board that I'm on or a team that I'm on that tends you know if there's a lot of men I've uh, questioned my seat at the table maybe even sometimes without even being consciously aware of it if that makes sense it's only in retrospect that I've looked back and saw that I held back because I lacked confidence as a leader or didn't really, yeah, feel like I deserved to be at the table. Yeah. And that's all about us, right? It's nothing yeah, about anyone yeah. else. It's all us. So, Which is why I'm so into leadership development for women, because yeah. I think it is about us. And I think the very first place for a lot of women to start is just to be even, even to identify themselves as a leader for some women and at some points in their lives can be a hurdle. Yeah. Yep. So if you are a woman who wants to elevate themselves either in their organizations or in their own lives, sit back, relax, or go for a walk or do some housework while you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) No, I can't say that. How very woman dominant. Uh, Watch the football game. (laughs) (laughs) Sit back, relax, or, or go for a walk and um, cut the and, grass and, and, and be open. Be open to what we've got to say. Yes. So the first one is finding the right tools out there to support you. And I think really we're in a unique position at this time. And who knows what the next few generations of a leadership is going to bring with technology. But we can empower ourselves by learning. So finding the right tools that will help us continue to learn, grow, and succeed is very important. And those tools can vary. It could be technology. It could be a mentor. It could be a coach. It could be an advisor. I don't know if you have any other suggestions, Sandy. I I think just educating yourself with listening to podcasts and listening yeah. to or reading um, books or websites and exposing yourself, I think, to the stories of other women and how they've developed as leaders is a really good tool. This week I saw a post on LinkedIn and I, and I loved the first paragraph. He says, there's so much information out there that, about what makes effective leader, but it doesn't take us very long to find a multitude of ineffective leaders, (laughs) you know, leading organizations or countries. The information is out there. So, of course, it needs to go beyond information. If you truly, truly, truly want to learn and grow and develop as an effective leader, and then you have to implement some change. That's where coaching and training comes in. 
Mm-hmm. That has helped me. We coach each other all the time and we challenge each other all the time so that we can grow and, and, and develop as better leaders. Uh, so it's, it's finding that information but also deciding what you want to tackle in terms of implementing and learning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that people need to do in their work is find a good mentor in within their organization or you know we've talked in another episode about a champion finding someone who's ahead of you in the organization in their leadership journey and in their position of leadership that can help you to understand and see the areas where you need to develop if you want to um, become more senior in a leadership role in an organization, especially. I think that's important. And, and not to feel shy about that, to, to just find someone and just approach them and say, Hey, in five years, I'd like to be sitting at your desk. I'd love it if you would mentor me and help me to become the kind, to develop the leadership skills that I need. At the end of the day, your career development is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, need to be proactive and approach the organization to see if they can offer you and help support you in your leadership development. Don't sit back because people, you know, aren't necessarily going to come. Now, I, I will say very good organizations do. They pick talent and they do help individuals uh, develop and grow, but we don't all have that possibility to work for those organizations. So if you are in actual a leadership position and you do have visions of progressing further, then yeah, make sure you have conversations around your continued progression. I find that that learning and development piece just gets left off the table a lot. Yeah, I agree. So. And I mean, I've been part of organizations that do individual development planning with their employees. They do tend to be larger organizations, yeah. but they still put the responsibility on the employee to follow through. So yeah. even if you identify it with your manager, it's not her role to hold you accountable for that. <laughs> I it's love it. your role. Yeah, I love it. So another strategy on helping you in leadership is to have empathy. Mm. You know, being able to wear other people's shoes is very important when we're working with people from multiple cultures, perhaps in multiple countries. It is very different. We don't know each other's experience. So leaders need to try and understand different perspectives and emphasize in order to be effective, in order to be able to ask great questions and again, engage and motivate. And, you know, there has been research done on this. And I think it's good news for women in leadership that women leaders tend to be strong in this area. They are um, generally more empathetic as and flexible and stronger in interpersonal skills than their male counterparts in the workplace. So it's good news for women. I think we need to constantly be thinking about it as well from the um, perspective of how are other people experiencing this situation that I'm in. So not just empathizing in putting yourself in their shoes, but also thinking, how are they experiencing this conversation or this meeting? Sometimes when I do that and I chairing a meeting, I think, how are people at the table experiencing this? And really think about that. It can help me be clear. I know that that's what the research says, that women generally are more empathetic and, and flexible. And, and it's funny, this will alter according to different personality styles, right? Mm-hmm. As a thinker, 
I had to learn to try and be a little bit more empathetic. It may not be your natural style, and I think we can all, you know, whether you're not a thinker or what, we can all learn a little bit more about empathy. I think it's great. Women generally are more empathetic. However, there's some of us who have to learn a little bit more. (laughs) I think sometimes we can get too caught up with being empathetic and too concerned with how other people feel. And that can be a detriment to us making decisions that might impact people negatively. So we want to be empathetic, but there's a fine line there, I think, as well with getting too caught up with how other people are feeling. Yeah, I love that. Not everyone is going to like every decision you make as a leader. So I think as part of the decision-making process, though, is if you can gather as much information, if you've got the time, and it depends on the context of the decisions that you're making, um, if you can gather as much information and make a decision based on that that you feel is the best for the organisation, then, yeah, I think that, that there's going to be ones that people see positive and ones that people see as negative, and there's no right or wrong decision. So. That's good. So along with that, I think another uh, tool for women is to, or a development area, is communication. So to really um, learn how to be an effective leader, communication is at the heart of that, especially when it comes to communicating across cultures. So we want to think about and be really clear with how we are communicating with people and what we're communicating with people and what way we're communicating our message and what ways we're maybe working against the message that we hope we're communicating. So there's a lot around communication and I know you've probably taught some communication skills for leaders as as I have. It's something that I think all of us have to continually work at. In fact, Joanne, you and I were just talking before we started recording this about some of the ways that we feel like we have improved in our communication because of this podcast, but other ways that we still need to develop in our communication. Yeah, there's been numerous studies over the years that do indicate that women generally are better communicators than men. And one of the things attributed to this is we use more words. Do you find that when you're texting your husband or your your son or something like that? And I just said the whole thing. He's like, okay, yeah. (laughs) That's so true. However, I laugh. It is important though because especially as the communication is over text and email, it, it can get misread a lot. I think we need to think about the message and the intention of the message that we're trying to portray over email. However, our language and our verbal is very important too. Hold the ums and buts. I said to Sandy before, I've got to stop saying but. I've got to stop saying um, ah. It's subtle. These are subtle changes, but it can make a huge difference as to how we come across and how we're more professional in the language that we're offering. Again, it's a balance and it's got to be relevant to your style who you are. So you need to think about it and be intentional about it. I think part of that is slowing down. 
I feel like we communicate so quickly and we just pound out emails and respond by text and speak very quickly. And in doing that, we don't take time to really choose our words carefully, to edit ourselves, whether it's what we're texting or writing or what we're saying. And we've gotten into this trap of being efficient and really quick. And sometimes that can work against us when we're trying to communicate because it obscures our message and makes it very unclear to people and results in people having to come back and ask us what we really meant. I agree, Sandy. And I think speaking industry jargon is too far in the opposite direction. How many jobs have you started And people have handed you a whole acronyms list. Yes. And I don't even know on text. I see text or on Facebook, I-M-H-O. It took me ages to work out what the hell is I-M-H-O. Do you know what it is? I-M-H-O. No, I've probably looked it up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you have. In my humble opinion. Right, in my humble opinion. We've got to stop this. And now the, the, the challenge is this is how the next generations are communicating. Right. I think an example as well, aside from texting, is when people use cliches, you know, so it's uh, we're going to really drill down or level up or touch base <laughs> or, you know, you can probably think of a cliches, thousand of them. Right? <laughs> I use a lot of them, too. The problem with them, in fact, I was looking up some stuff around communication for this episode and I came across a bunch of lists of cliches to avoid. Sometimes they can really date you. Mm. And if you're, and the opposite of that is I think they can make you sound really inauthentic. So when you're using a cliche that's not really of your generation, if you're my age, and you mm. you can sound like you're trying to come off like you're 20-something, or you can sound like you're really over the hill. So that's the problem with cliches, and they, and they are cliche. People can see through them and can start to see patterns in how you communicate and that you'll throw in a cliche when you really don't have an answer. So Mm. jargon can have its place. I think we need to be sure we're clear on what we mean when we use it, and just be careful you're not either dating yourself or sounding really inauthentic when you use it. And that takes us to, I think, using jargon and, and using language that comes across as not necessarily powerful or strong, can turn people off listening, which Mm -hmm. listening is another one of the skills and traits of good quality female leaders. I suck at listening. I'm just going to say, I'm going to let you do all the talking here because I feel like this is something I have to work so hard at. It's when I'm in a conversation with people, I sometimes feel like it takes all of my energy to listen. So Bring it on, Joanne. Tell me all about listening. It's funny you say that, Sandy, because as I started to learn to become a better coach, I knew this would be one of the skills I had to spend a lot of time improving. (laughs) (laughs) So 
listening is necessary because we need to stop the voices in our head and we really need to engage with the person who is talking and meet them where they're at. We need to be able to ask questions. We need to be able to share our, our thoughts and allow them to share their thoughts. So it's really open listening. So there's different levels of listening. Have you ever done pretend listening, Sandy? Oh, I feel like I'm the master of it. I don't know if you remember that, but a mutual friend of us, of ours, challenged me on how I would check out in meetings. And I thought that I looked really engaged. And he was like, you were totally not even there. And that was a big aha for me because I thought I was really good at fooling people. (laughs) Yes, I do check out and I do sometimes pretend I'm listening. And then that's got me in trouble because I realized that I missed something really important. Or I think even probably more detrimental to my relationships is the other person knows that I'm not really listening. Absolutely, they know. So we need to learn to improve our listening skills. And the only hints and tips I have for that really is, is, is focusing, looking at the person, quietening the story in your head and really holding on to what they say and then ask them questions to help them explain whatever it is they're talking about even more or ask for clarification if you're not sure because we can often we listen through our own lens and we listen for what we want to hear sometimes so yeah stop the pretend listening really do the listening that's about engagement yes I I agree. It's just practicing with listening. It's working at it. I think as a coach, whenever I've, Mm -hmm. um, especially when I first started, no, I'm not even going to say especially. I think I'm still guilty of this. Sometimes I'm trying to come up with the next great question for my client. And so I can be more focused on what I'm going to ask them next or where we're going next in the conversation And so I'm not really listening and being in the moment. So I've had to work on on that and just even become comfortable with pauses after they speak while I think of what question I want to ask next, because it will be a better question. Another one, Sandy, is about being authentic. The key to effective leadership is knowing yourself and knowing your style, uh, your personality and how you like to lead and how you're comfortable in your own skin. And be authentic to that. Don't try and be someone else. Don't try and mirror someone else, some other leader in the room. Be you. Be who you are and who you need to be with the knowledge of some new skills that help you be a better leader. Mm -hmm. I love this one. I think it's so important. And we all go through seasons, I think, in our development as leaders where we emulate other people and we try to be what we think a leader should be rather than leading from our own strengths, from our own personality, style and temperament and being who we are, which is really the, the best that we can bring is our authentic selves. So I do love this one. I think it's great. There's another one that's around your emotions and keeping your emotions in check. We don't want you to keep your emotions in check, but just check in on your anger. Mm -hmm. 
Anger is not a substitute for strength. And even if you're facing disrespect or insubordination, if you react, if you allow the, those to trigger your emotions and you react in a angry or unkind way, that's not going to see you in, in a positive light. If you can take a bit of time to think, reflect, craft your response, and if even if it's in the moment. I actually uh, met with someone this week who had an interaction with their supervisor who, who was male and they made a, a derogatory comment about something that they were trying to get them to approve and the person just very calmly said, I'm willing to have this conversation with you but not in this meeting. Because they were angry. Yeah. And they didn't think they didn't want to be put down in front of other people as well. There were other people around. So they had enough. They, they were disrespected right in that room. They didn't want to continue to be disrespected. So that person did stop and actually came back to them later and apologized. Well, that's good. Mm. So hopefully so, it came back to the whole room and apologized as well. Well, <laughs> that you would know, be <laughs> because it's one thing to apologize in to the person that you've hurt, but if you did it in front of a group, you need to go back in front of the whole group and admit you were uh, wrong and and acted inappropriately. Because first of all, that models humility as a leader, which I think is another thing we could talk about, but also because it will impact the team and you need to address it with the whole team and with who is in the room. So I think that's an, another learning from that little story you shared. Yeah. So I think, I, and we've, we've had an episode on emotions. It's not about being emotional. Be aware of how anger as an emotion or other emotions are affecting your decisions or driving your action. I think that's mm -hmm. the key there. So one that comes out of that for me goes with that team thing is gossip. So, you know, when you don't deal with things properly, so with the example you gave of the person who kind of said something really inappropriate in front of the team, it opens the door for people to talk about that later outside the meeting, you know, that the meeting after the meeting conversations and Gossip can really destroy a team and a leader and you have to you have to not participate in it and you have to nip it in the bud when you hear it when somebody else starts gossiping and sharing things with you and you're not the right person for them to be talking to because it it really erodes trust in relationships very quickly so as a leader you want to work very hard to not participate in gossip and talking about other people when they're not in the room. I, I think I'll take it the next step, Sandy. It's not participate, but also challenge it. Yes. I really feel, yeah, very strongly about that. And that leads to my last one, which is integrity. Better to pick integrity every single time. People see that. And no matter how tempting it might be to engage in that kind of behavior or cut corners or pretend you know something when you don't, 
it will not serve you well in the long run. So keep your integrity intact and choose that over success or getting the job done or trying to look like you know or are more than you are. I really think integrity is is important and that's a, that's about going for the right thing to do rather than the quick fun and easy thing to do. Sorry Sandy, you can't do the fun thing all the time. <laughs> Unless having fun is acting in integrity for you, then you yeah. can have fun all the time. <laughs> okay, you know so what? Joanne, oh, I'm going sorry. to ask you. We've talked about a lot of things today. And what's one thing that you want to focus on of all the things that we've talked about? Because it is leadership development and it's ongoing and none of us ever completely arrives as a leader. Is there any one thing right now as a leader that you're working on? You know what? I'm listening to, I'm a little bit slow to the uh, party on Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. So I'm listening to that right now. And so I would say... uh, actually getting shit done (laughs) good for you (laughs) of course I'm always going to be working on my listening skills I always want to work on my communication I've got a business here I said I'm going to take the summer and, and enjoy and relax and I'm going to ramp it up in the fall and I'm going to develop my programs and develop my services and I'm going to get out there and meet people so I have to lead that now I have to do it I have to do it. And I will do it with integrity and with relationship development on mind, meeting people and trying to help them. That's great. I love it. I think that's great. And I, I'm such a believer in lifelong learning and development. I think I'm going to focus on being authentic. I think that's something I do very well in my personal, private life. And it's something I'm trying to bring more into my business and I, I'm discovering that the more authentic I can be, the more that I'm finding the right people to work with. So being authentic for me is definitely something I'm working on. Well, that's great, Sandy. As you can see, we all have things to develop in our leadership capacity. And whether we're leading other people in organizations, leading your own solopreneur ventures or leading your own lives, whatever that looks like, We hope that some of these insights we've offered is helpful and something's triggered. Don't try and work on everything all at the same time. Just really take one or two and kind of think, okay, where am I now and where do I want to be and what do I need to do to get there? I think at the end of the day, we are in control of how we lead and how we want to lead. So we look forward to connecting with you to learn about how you're growing and improving in your leadership. If you want to lead your own lives and you can come and join us in Southern Ontario on November 18th, we're having a one-day retreat. We're going to be going through our model and we'd love to see you there. Check out our website, www.reframeyourlife.ca. And if you can come, we'd love to help you work through and how you're going to live and lead your life. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.